busy day at WRLT Radio doing Alison's Corner Show, and Alison has been taking calls from bleeding hearts all afternoon. I've got to hand it to her, she takes calls from all kinds of whiny people that so often make a mountain out of a molehill, and she usually makes each one feel they are the only person that matters at that moment. Of course, she and Bradley also trash people once she turns off her mic. Let's take a listen as she's finishing with this call. That is certainly a unique interest. Can't say I've heard that one before. I used to use whipped cream, but I switched it up to have something lower in calories. <laughs> that sounds like a healthy decision. Thanks for calling. Allison ends the call, and Bradley looks at her through the control booth window. We have a call from Matthew. He's upset that there aren't enough single riders in the single riders queue at Universal. Go ahead, Matthew. You're on the air. Hi, Allison. Um, you know what really grinds my gears? But the single riders queue at Universal has an increasingly smaller number of single riders. I mean, I thought the single riders queue was for single riders. I can understand your frustration, Matthew. The single riders queue is open to everyone, provided that they know that their travel parties will be split up. That's not what I mean. I mean, there aren't enough single riders. You know, single people, those without a lover... Kind of like you, Allie. <laughs> I can see how that could be frustrating and deceiving. And maybe if you weren't such a big baby and your nose wasn't buried in whatever dating app you were using, you might strike up a conversation with someone. <laughs> well, that's all we have for you this afternoon. This is Allie, hoping that you have a safe evening. Maybe think of getting sushi later. Until next time. Remember, I'm just a call away. Allison tosses her headset onto the desk and heads into the control room, where Bradley is noticeably primping and getting ready for something awesome. Getting ready for a date tonight? Actually, I am. Who is it tonight? Nope, not gonna say anything. Every time I talk about my date, it never works out. So this time, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Wish I could say the same for your legs. (laughs) Really, Bradley, who is it? At that moment, the door to the control room opens, and standing in the doorway is... Hey Brad, are you ready to go? Hi Lenny, sure thing. Great, reservations are set for six, I'll put my car around the front and meet you downstairs. See you soon, I'm just finishing up with a few things here. Lenny leaves the control booth. Lenny? Yeah? So? Lenny, the socially awkward Trekkie. I can't believe you're going out with that nerdy brown noser who's all up Mr. Air's circuits. Okay, maybe he's not the most exciting or good-looking guy I've been out with, but there's something interesting about him, and I'm tired of dating superficial guys. I'd like to go out with someone that has a genuine spirit and a good heart, and considering my track record, I'd hope you'd support me. I suppose you're right. By the way, does he still have that autographed picture of the Picard on his desk? The next morning, the sounds of breakfast and the aroma of coffee are coming from apartment 9's kitchen. Still wearing his loose-fitting robe, Dylan walks in to find... Hiya, Dylan! (sighs) Morning, Mrs. H. Need help with anything? Wait a minute. Why the hell are you cooking breakfast in our kitchen? 
Oh, I'm afraid that Mr. Halverson was baking a herring souffle in our oven last night, and it exploded after the apartment was shaken from all that racket coming from whosever room is above my kitchen. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I had a hot date last night, and she was into some real kinky stuff. Placed sushi on me. Unfortunately, the wasabi got too close to my... Spare me the details. <laughs> But I thought that souffles collapse if there's too many vibrations. Well, usually, but this one had a special ingredient that we used to use back in the old country all the time. And what is that? Nitroglycerin. <laughs> I'm just going to wait in the living room just in case our kitchen explodes too. Suit yourself, but I won't be able to show you my secret ingredient for waffles. And what's that? Prunes. Keeps you regular, don't you know? <laughs> Dylan leaves the kitchen and walks into the living room, where he runs into Cameron. Morning, Dylan. You don't usually wake up early enough to make breakfast. I didn't. Mrs. H is in there cooking up something explosive. What's wrong with her kitchen? Don't ask. <laughs> Listen, Cam, can I get you to swap with me for the game night tonight? Allie, Brad, and I are supposed to play Monopoly with Mrs. Halverson. I suppose. Why? What's up? I just scored a hot date. I was in the single writer's queue at Universal, and this cute shy guy looked up from his phone and struck up a conversation with me. Uh, okay, sure. Only, I'm gonna need you to take my place at that community interpretive dancing class Mrs. H is teaching in the rec room. Deal. Cameron, Allison, Bradley, and Mrs. Halverson are sitting down in the living room around a card table with Monopoly all set up to play. Oh, Monopoly. The game that creates temporary enemies out of the best of friends. The game that can go on forever because, believe it or not, all those, quote, rules, like penalty money going into the kitty and you win it if you land on free parking, don't actually exist in the rulebook. I'll take the top hat. Why do you always have to be the top? Cam, you can be the race car. Fitting. He does finish faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> be the wheelbarrow since I'm gonna need it for all my money. But I'm always the wheelbarrow when we play Monopoly. Yeah, that's because you're full of shit. Boys, you haven't even landed on each other's hotel yet. I guess I can be the flat iron since I'm gonna flatten you kids. Our four friends roll to see who goes first and Mrs. Halverson rolls the highest. She then takes the dice and rolls a five. Woohoo! A railroad already! I'll take it! My turn. Snake eyes, which puts me on Baltic. I'll take it. Bradley rolls again and gets Atlantic Avenue. Take my money! Funny, the only other places he spends money that quickly is at the strip club or the Botox Center. <laughs> Sweet, a nine. Connecticut Avenue. Looks like you have some competition, Braddy. My turn. Ugh, chance. Where did that chance is, I'll advance to boardwalk. Dad joke alert. What? Pay poor tax? The next round goes by, and Mrs. Halverson, Bradley, and Cameron all buy more properties. Then it's Allison's turn again. WTF! How much do I owe you, Mrs. H? Sixteen dollars. I can't believe it. All I do is shell out money while the three of you get rich off of me. Girl, it's just a game. Why so cranky? I'm sorry, you bed-hopping relic. I haven't had sex in five months. <laughs> At least Mrs. H can empathize with me. Oh, my Lanta, you say the 
Yeah, sure. Funniest things, don't you know? What do you mean? Oh, me and Mr. Halverson are having quite the vibrant sex life ever since Dylan made us the motivational sex tape. Get it, Miss H? I don't believe it. Mrs. H has a sex life and I don't. Well, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to those tapes, but Dylan is the sex master. Why, he has Mr. H doing this one thing where we- Ah, uh, no details, Mrs. H. Be like our mother. <laughs> oh, you kids. Here, I'll just tell you this one thing. Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast. On most shows, myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies, or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes. That email is cinemarecall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around, and thank you very much for listening. The next morning, Cameron is in the kitchen making breakfast when Allison walks in. Morning, Cam. Ooh, that smells divine. Nothing like a hearty breakfast to kick off for Friday. Maybe it'll help us forget that game last night. Ugh, I knew he was petty and passive-aggressive, but he literally slow-tortured the three of us last night. Come to think of it, kind of like the IRS. <laughs> Sloughfully walking into the kitchen, Dylan emerges. He's got that classic, I am exhausted looking because I didn't get much rest because of the wild night I had last night look. <sighs> How was the game last night? Let's just say that you clearly had more fun getting fucked than we did. <laughs> and if there is food cooking in the kitchen, just like clockwork... Hey, kiddos! Morning, Mrs. H. Coffee? Got some bourbon to go with that coffee? Bradley certainly has that effect on people. Wait, Dylan, Mr. H and I are ready for the next volume in your motivational sex tape series. You go, Mrs. H. I'll make a dub of that next tape this evening. Miss H told us all about the adventures she and Mr. H have had with your tapes, Dylan. I might have to get you to make me a copy of those tapes because right now, I might as well be a nun. <laughs> Cameron, Dylan, Allison, and Mrs. Halverson sit down to enjoy breakfast. A short while later, Bradley walks into the kitchen, still looking half asleep. Ugh, morning, everyone. Boy, am I famished after another date night with Lenny. Insatiable. <laughs> How was your date? This makes the second time in just a few days. On the outside, he looks like a mild-mannered office manager. But on the inside, he's a love machine. That might have something to do with my tapes. What? How does half the city have your tapes, man? I started an Etsy and connected it to my OnlyFans. <laughs> Bradley walks over to the coffee pot and grabs the mug. Better switch it to a travel mug, buddy. We gotta go. Yep, Dylan and I gotta get going, too. You kids go bring home the bacon. I'll get this cleaned up. Bradley and Allison are busy on Allison's Corner Show, taking calls from lonely hearts, troublesome hearts, sweethearts, and all other kind of hearts you can imagine. Our next caller is Charlene. 
Hi, Charlene. You're on the air with Allison's Corner. How are you today? Allie, I'm really struggling with the sound of my jaw when I chew. And how does that make you feel? Well, how do you think it makes me feel? Makes me feel lousy. That's how it makes me feel. Every time I go on a dinner date, I'm obsessed with the sound my jaw makes when I chew. Do I chew on my right side? Do I chew on my left side? Do I take smaller bites? These are the questions I have to ask myself. I can see this is incredibly frustrating for you, but have you considered throwing all of your food into a blender and liquefying it and then sucking it through a straw? (laughs) Our next caller is Laverne. Laverne isn't sure what to do about her daughter's girlfriend coming home with her over the weekend. Hi, Laverne. You're on the air with Allison's Corner. Is Shirley there, too? (laughs) What seems to be bothering you about your daughter and her girlfriend visiting? Hi, Allison. Thanks for taking my call. My daughter's visiting from school at Dartmouth this weekend, and she's wanting to bring her girlfriend to meet her father and me. Well, that sounds wonderful. You must have a good relationship with your daughter. I do. She's a great girl. Getting her SJW degree so she can live at home for several years after she graduates. You have a good relationship with your daughter. She's obviously a studious person to be attending Dartmouth, and she wants to introduce you to her girlfriend. But I'm afraid I'm failing to understand the problem. She wants to share a room with her girlfriend, and when I requested that they sleep in separate rooms, she became upset. Well, Laverne, I can understand your frustration. And on one hand, it is your house, so you and your husband make the rules. But on the other, maybe there's something more going on here? What do you mean? Is it possible that you may be experiencing difficulty in thinking of your daughter as an adult? Sometimes, Laverne, without thinking about it, we freeze people at a point of time in which they're most comforted. This is especially true when it comes to sex and dating. It's difficult to accept that our children grow up. We struggle with that balance between treating them as adults, but still wanting to be there as their loving parent. You know, Allison, I I never really thought of that before. I suppose I do still think of her as my little Lemonade stand? No, tarot card reading. (laughs) Recently, I learned that it's healthy to accept that our adult loved ones are sexually active, because it's something that we all share in common, good, bad, or indifferent. The other night, I was playing Monopoly with my building concierge, Sonia Halverson. Bradley's eyes grow to the size of saucers, and he bangs on the glass and motions to cut the story. But Allison ignores him and continues. My found family and I, and for those who don't know, Found family is your family comprised of your closest friends. We're playing Monopoly with Mrs. Halverson when the topic of sex came up. Mrs. Halverson has these motivational sex tapes that inspire her and her husband to try new things and to keep it interesting. She did go into details that are not appropriate for afternoon drive home radio. On the one hand, I find it difficult to think of my motherly neighbor in sexual ways, but she is a vibrant, sexually active woman with an intriguing husband. And you know what? Mrs. H has needs, just like mine. Sexuality is a healthy part of adulthood at any age. Does that help, Laverne? I'm sorry, I have to go. The artwork is falling off the wall that the headboard is banging against. Well, folks, I think that's our cue to go to a song. Allison throws to a song, and Bradley marches out of the control room into the studio. Allie, what the hell possessed you to disclose to the entire listening area about Mrs. H's love life, which is, albeit, better than most? It was a good segment. I really felt that I got through to Laverne, 
And I bet the visit with her daughter and her daughter's girlfriend will be pleasant. I'm not arguing that it wasn't helpful or even insightful, but you potentially, if not definitely, violated the trust Mrs. H has in you. Just as Allison was about to respond, Lenny walks into the studio carrying a... A birdhouse? You made me a birdhouse? I've had a great time with you and made this for you by hand. Lenny, I had no idea that you were so handy with tools. Neither did I, but the teacher at the Home Depot workshop walked me through the whole thing. Aw, <laughs> that is so sweet. You attended a kid's woodworking shop for me? I know just the place to put it. Lenny hugs Bradley and makes his way out the door, but before leaving Bradley's sight, he turns around and points in the direction of Bradley. Make it so. <laughs> Lenny leaves. This is actually a gorgeous birdhouse. Maybe I should attend one of those Home Depot workshops. Honey, you can't even hold on to the wood that you don't pay for. <laughs> Later that evening, Mrs. Alveson and Dylan are in the living room eating popcorn and intently watching Wheel of Fortune. Come on, big money, big money. Dylan, I'm loving this drinking version of Wheel of Fortune. You are such a genius. Whoa. Never thought I'd have your name and genius in the same sentence before. <laughs> the way you came up with how every time someone picks a letter that isn't on the board, we take a drink. Oh, it's so gosh darn fun, don't you know? Yeah, and I'm glad you like it. Sometimes this show sucks without audience participation. <laughs> These drinks are just the thing I needed after Allison's show today. What about it? I didn't know you'd listen to her show. Well, Mr. Halverson sometimes listens to it, but he broke the radio dial on our old antique radio, and now I can't change it. <laughs> so, did she have a caller that just wouldn't give up after Allie spotted off her endless pedantic psychobabble? Yes, and I was the subject. Specifically, mine and Mr. Halverson's sex life. And unlike Allison's that couldn't fill a post-it, yours needs an anthology series from what I've been told. And I will take partial credit for your success in my at-home program. In through the front door walks Allison. Hey, Mrs. H. Mrs. Halverson doesn't answer. Oh my, look at the time. I gotta go. Dylan hurries himself to his bedroom. Allison, we need a tack. No, Mrs. Halverson, the rooftop gardener is not an illegal immigrant. He's from San Antonio. <laughs> The jury's still out on that one. Anyway, I want to talk to you about your show today. Oh, did you like it? It was great, wasn't it? The way your story may have helped inspire that listener to rethink how she views her daughter? Priceless. That's right. My story. You took what was said in private amongst our little group and broadcast it to the whole county. Now Mr. Halverson can't leave the apartment without all the single ladies in the building undressing him with their eyes may never leave again. I'm sorry. You were always inspiring us, and I thought you couldn't inspire someone else. Oh, you kids, putting everything out there on the internet's social media's walls. Back in the old country, we'd never broadcast someone's sex life over the radio. Of course, our radio was really a glorified PA system at the top of a flagpole. But what I said was flattering. I know, but it doesn't matter. Now the whole city knows about our sex life, and Jolene is going to take my man. I'm really very sorry. I promise it won't happen again. Next time you tell an inspirational story, I'll get your permission. You know what? 
I'm going to make it up to you. Oh, no. I'm afraid you've done quite enough. With that, Mrs. Halverson gets up and heads to the front door. Nonsense. Now, what can I do? I got it. Mr. Positivity Wolfie T here to tell you about the Positively Wolfie podcast, where we provide unqualified commentary on allegedly real news. Join me and a co-host as we provide a non-serious take on silly, strange, or just plain dumb news headlines and stories. Look for me on Twitter at PositivelyWolf1 and find the Positively Wolfie podcast on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. The next day, Allison and Bradley are back at work in the studio. Bradley is in the control room, looking like he's on pins and needles, as there's no telling what Allison is going to reveal this afternoon. Allison is looking bored, as she is speaking with a caller who must not have anything else better to do. And that's the whole backstory, so you can understand why I'm struggling with whether cereal belongs in a glass canister so it's kept fresh and is also aesthetically pleasing, or does it remain in the box in the refrigerator, or, or does it stay in the box in the pantry? I can see your conundrum. Which do you like the most? Oh, the glass canister. Then go with that one. Thanks for calling into Allison's Corner. Allison ends the call. Now, listeners, I have a special message for someone that I unintentionally hurt yesterday. I told a story about my friend, Sonia Halverson. I used what she told me about her sex life to help a caller. And even though the story did inspire the caller to rethink how she viewed her daughter, I should not have told such a personal story without asking her permission. What I want to do is throw an elegant dinner for Mrs. Halverson and Mr. Halverson. So, Mrs. Halverson, if you're listening, you and Mr. H are invited to Apartment 9 tonight for a dinner featuring all of your favorite recipes from back in the old country. That's Minnesota to you listeners. Bradley gives Allison the wrap-up sign. And that's it from Allison's Corner. Remember, I'm just a call away. Allison and Bradley are in the kitchen, preparing the romantic culinary cabaret for Mr. and Mrs. Halverson. And what a hot mess this kitchen is. Allison is frantically tending to the skillet, and Bradley is filling casserole dishes. Midwesterners love their casseroles. Allison's got enough tomato plastered on her that she looks like she's had a date with Michael Myers, and Bradley isn't very much better. See? This isn't going so badly. <laughs> if Gordon Ramsay were here, we would have been fired. <laughs> Why don't you just Uber Eats a dinner? Then it wouldn't have that homespun charm of the Halversons. And I want everything to be perfect. Well, it is perfect. A perfect disaster. <laughs> the only thing we know how to cook well around here is breakfast. Hmm, you're right. I don't think we ever cook anything else in here. Here, come taste these. Bradley walks over to Allison, where she takes a slice of an overly fried green tomato out of the skillet, dabs it on a paper towel, and hands it to Bradley. It doesn't look like this in the picture, or in the movie. Okay, so maybe it's a little blackened. It looks like a hockey puck. <laughs> Bradley takes a bite of the, well, what's supposed to be a fried green tomato. His face winces. It's, a, uh, well, it's, uh... It has a unique flavor and texture. It must be the seasoning I used. Girl, if you had served this to the Donner Party, they still would have eaten each other. <laughs> and who made you a food critic? What possessed you to think that we could pull this off at the last minute? 
or any minute. Just then, Allison and Bradley engage in an old-fashioned 1980s high school cafeteria food fight. Bradley smashes blueberries in Allison's face, and Allison throws milk and flour onto Bradley. Meanwhile, the food is burning and the casserole is overflowing in the oven. Just then, Cameron and Dylan walk in. What the hell is going on in here? There's more food on the floor than there is cooking. Or what's left of whatever you were trying to pass off as dinner. This was supposed to be a romantic dinner for the Halversons. And now it looks worse than San Francisco after the earthquake. That's what happens when you hire Helen Keller to make dinner. (laughs) You know we only know how to cook breakfast. You're right. I don't think we've ever cooked anything else in here. Dylan and I are not helping you two kitchen demons clean up. Maybe you can call Consuela. Okay, come on, you two. It's not as bad as it looks. Suddenly, the top blows off one of the pots on the stove, and tapioca pudding is everywhere. And now what? We all look like we went on a date with Danny. (laughs) You two need to think of something fast. The Halversons are going to be here in less than an hour. We should do what we should have done in the first place. And Uber eats something. And we can take what they bring and place it in our cookware so it looks homemade. Allie, I'm pretty sure you destroyed all of our cookware. True. Okay, so, um, Bradley and I will clean up in here. Can you and Dylan take care of ordering something and setting the table? Sure, only you're paying. Yeah, both these messes are on you, girl. Bradley takes his finger and scoops up some of the tapioca on Allison's face. Quite literally. and Bradley finished cleaning up the nuclear disaster in the kitchen, Cameron and Dylan finished setting the table. Two full-service place setting candles the works. Whew, there. That's the last piece. Don't you think we're going a little overboard? Compared to that kitchen earlier, we are rather subdued. <laughs> so where did you end up ordering from? I know Allie was trying to recreate a homespun dinner, so I looked for Minnesotan restaurants. That's a thing? Not exactly. So I thought... What's a restaurant that screams Halverson's? And... Cracker Barrel. (laughs) Allison and Bradley emerge from the kitchen with dish rags slung over their shoulders. I wouldn't advise trying to cook ever again. Stick to takeout. I figured Mrs. Halverson does it all the time. How hard could it be? Mrs. Halverson makes hamburger helper and stovers. (laughs) Are you sure the Halversons are even coming? I mean, she was pretty upset with you. She said they'd be here. I hope the food gets delivered soon. That should be it now. Allison walks over to the door and opens it. Standing at the door is a hot delivery guy holding the bags of Cracker Bell. Allison takes the bags and is about to close the door when... Tanner! Oh, hey. I thought this address was familiar. (laughs) Have any more deliveries tonight? Uh, actually, no. Good. Dylan and Tanner briskly walk back to Dylan's room. Damn, his network must be expansive. (laughs) Quick, let's get dinner on the table because they're going to be here any minute. Allison, Bradley, and Cameron quickly unpack the food and place it on the table. Allison walks over to the door and opens it. Hey, kids. Hey, Mrs. H. Where's Mr. H? Oh, he wanted to be here. He heard your message on the radio today and said that it meant a lot to him. Meant a lot to me, too. I'm glad your story helped the caller, even though it now means I have to worry about tenants in the building jumping Mr. Halverson's bones. But where is he this evening? 
He got sucked into the crown, don't you know? Now he'll be binging for days. If you want to go back and watch with him, we'll understand. Nonsense, kiddos. That spread looks delicious. Let's have family dinner night. Our friends all gather around the table, and Cameron gets out more place setting. By the way, where's Dylan? Oh, don't mind him. He's enjoying dessert. Today's episode, Sometimes Silence is Better, was written and directed by R.L. Terry. Voicing our cast, Sean Perret as Bradley, Jeff Feitner as Cameron, Cassandra Dodge as Allison, Donnie Roberts as Dylan, Linda Castro as Mrs. Halverson, and Paul Hawkins as the narrator. Guest starring Daniel Meskel as the caller with the jaw problem. Additional voices provided by the cast. Our theme song was written and recorded by Lana White and produced by Dave Anderson. Our producer is Daniel Meskel, our editor is Jason Laverne Hemming, and our marketing manager is Brittany Close. Connect with us on social media and support our show by visiting our Patreon or Coffee pages. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for dropping in. See you next time in Apartment 9. One, two, three, four,